With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. Every Wednesday, I want to start the show by doing a standings update. And I don't just mean going down every side. I want to pick a couple of teams and be like, all right, this is where they are in the division. This is what the record is. You probably haven't paid much attention to team X, Y, and Z. And I want to hit on that. Uh, we Red Sox are in last. They're they're nine and nine. You are not in a position to speak at all. Well, I was just, even, just last. It was the first division that I looked at. Yeah, That's not all even, it's, it's very it. hollow coming from you. It's it was the hot. first division. Look, when you go to the standings, same. the AL East are the top division. That's right. All it's I'm... chronological. It right. is. Start it's not a we'll do a little team. standings update. Took it I want to talk about Clayton Kershaw. Uh, there are some rule changes that are being experimented with that we have to discuss. There's some updates from some previous storylines that we have discussed on the podcast. Uh, some injury news. People getting breaded up various other things but before we start any of that before we start any of that i would like to wish uh congratulations to joseph 500 subscribe 500,000 subscribers on youtube congratulations bro. congratulations that's a big deal that's a big deal that's a big deal 500,000 
Yeah, who else you know yeah. of 500,000? That's 500,000 500, more than I got. That's 250,000 more than 250,000. Mm-hmm. Yep. Logan that's Paul has that. That's about it. That's that's it for YouTubers that I know that have that many. I'm coming for you, Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. In the boxing ring, bitch. <laughs> oh, you're going to fight him. Oh, Joey's. <laughs> I'm fighting. That escalated. The... That escalated very. <laughs> yeah. I'll fight Logan Paul easily. Oh, no. that was a very they... impulsive comment there. Oh, um, Dallas, you called me last night at one fifteen in the morning. Uh, yeah, I did. What's up? I did. Uh, nothing. <laughs> so no, the... I mean, it was it was one fifteen your time. It was yeah, ten fifteen my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just you know just on the way home from the ballpark. That's all. Miss me just. Trying to, you know, just catching up on the nights, you know, I like I said, I, I'm calling a baseball game, so I don't get yeah. to watch closely, you know, what's going on in other games and figure mm-hmm. maybe you might be able to just catch me up. That was all. Yeah, that was it. So I, I, uh, I decided to go to sleep after the Mariners Brewers game. Um, so I was in bed and my, uh, I, I have two TVs in my bedroom. Humble brag. I can only see one from my bed. I was in bed and I turned on my TV and the channel that happened to be on was the Oakland A's channel. Like I have oh. the MLB package. Every team has their own channel. I believe the Oakland A's channel was still on because that's I watched the uh, 17 walk game from bed uh, on Friday night. It's it's just another game. It's not the 17 yeah, yeah. walk. Game. No, no, it's, it's the 17 walk game. Just just for reference of which game it was that I was watching from bed. Um, so I turned on the Oakland A's game. Trevor May comes out of the bullpen and it's a nothing, nothing ball game. And I was like, I could be watching history. I could be watching one of the seven wins that the Oakland A's are going to have this year. There's a chance. It's nothing, nothing. It's nothing, nothing right now. We've got a chance. Uh, Trevor May comes out of the bullpen, gives up two runs <clears throat> um, to the Cubs. And I was like, you know what? Why am I watching this game? I was like, the Braves are playing the Padres. Uh, the Brewers and Mariners are tied in extras. There is plenty of other baseball happening right now. Like, I could watch a rerun of a game that happened today that's already over that would be a better use of my time than mm-hmm. watching the Oakland A's and the Chicago Cubs at the Coliseum in a 2 nothing ball game in the eighth inning. Like, it's over. Like, that's what are we doing here? So I changed to the uh, the the Mariners and Brewers game. It was very back and forth. Uh, some lead exchanges and extras. Ultimately, my Milwaukee Brewers came out on top. Um, Garrett Mitchell. Hope hope that's not too serious. Looked like he hurt himself on a sacrifice fly throw from center field to to home plate. Had to come out of the game. Mike Brasso enters the game. Plays a little third base. Um, by the way, we're, we're going to get, get to the Brewers in the uh, standings segment that we're about to do. But uh, yeah, I shut down. I shut down my my baseball viewing experience after the Brew Crew got the dub. But I woke up to a missed call from from Dallas, and I was like, I it it sounded just like that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what the hell's going on? Is, yeah, like is, I said, I just I was coming over the hill. I just got out of the baseball game and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was just looking to catch up on anything else that may have happened around the baseball world. That's all. That's it. There's nothing, nothing more to it. 
So nothing more to it. You guys almost won though. At all. You almost won. So with, with that in mind, why don't we do a little standings update here? Why don't we go down the standings and just take a take a look at what's going on around the league? Because I feel like I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's happening that we haven't really touched on yet. There's a lot of stuff happening throughout Major League Baseball. If if you were paying attention to the Tampa Bay Rays starting out the season uh, uh, 13-0, excuse me, then maybe you would have thought that they're running away with the division. They're not. The Toronto Blue Jays, only four games back. Only four games back for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, The Minnesota Twins have now lost three straight. But the Cleveland Guardians, Jay Hayes Cleveland Guardians, have also lost three straight. The Minnesota Twins are the only team in the AL Central with a positive run differential. That is a weak-ass division. A team that we have not shown much love to at all on this podcast. And we'll get to some injury updates in regards to this team uh, later down the line. But regardless, they've still won three straight games. The first place 11-6 and Texas Rangers with a plus 34 run differential. I believe that's the second best in the American League right now. It is. Can confirm. The Texas Rangers are 11-6 and in first place. They've already scored 100 runs. Hmm. And they have the second best run differential in the American League, currently on a three-game winning streak. Uh, <clears throat> ahead of the second place, Los Angeles Angels, who've won two straight after not having to play the Red Sox anymore. If you're one of these fans that uh, your team has not gotten off to a hot start, you can kind of look around the room and say, well, look at that team. Look at this team. Look at that team. The Houston Astros are 8-10 and 10 to start the year. That's not good. Seattle Mariners, also 8-10. and 10. That's not good. They've lost two straight running into the Brew Crew. Uh, the <laughs> The Oakland Athletics. There are. Did I see somewhere that they're on pace to to have a, a, a run differential that's somewhere in the negative four hundreds? That can't be true. Uh, well, on the current pace, mm-hmm. Jared, that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Okay. So I think I saw. Uh, shout out to Athletics Rants on Twitter. I I think he tweeted or she. I don't know who runs that account. Don't uh, don't say it. Don't negative four hundred eighty six. They're on pace for. Oh, I thought you were going to say the other one. Okay. Why? What's the other one? Nothing. What's the other one? Do you see something else? No. What else did you see? Nothing. What did you see, Dallas? (laughs) Didn't. Nothing. Nothing. It's just, it's probably, it's an error. It's probably a typo, if I'm being honest. That's why I didn't even entertain it. I'm just going to search athletics (laughs) on pace on Twitter and see what happens. The A's are on pace to finish with a negative 684 run differential. The, the, the negative six hundred and eighty four. That's not the. That's not what I was looking at. That that's not it. That's oh. fine. Yeah. What were you looking at? <laughs> Nothing. Man, Nothing. the athletics. The athletics right now. This is a tweet from just thirty minutes ago. The athletics are on pace to win twenty seven games. I mean, stop it. We're That's, two hey, weeks. We are two weeks into the season. Not, hey, listen. Stop this it. is just. Well, I mean, because what? what? Fucking five days ago, the Rays were on pace to win 162 games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fuck, knock it off. I get it. Do you? <laughs> I'm just. 
These are the facts, man. I'm not trying to pile on. I'm just trying to go down the line here and give the fans a little update on on what's up. Uh, in the National League, the Atlanta Braves, Joe? The Atlanta Braves, Joe? The Atlanta Braves, the first place... 14 and 4 Atlanta Braves have won how many straight games, Joe? Eight. Eight straight fucking games. And these games are not close. Hitting the shit. Matt Olson. Matt Olson last night putting the fucking nail in the coffin three run bomb. It was 440 feet, Dallas. 440 feet three-run bomb last night. The eighth straight victory. Ozzie Albies also went deep in that game. uh, Don't forget Sean Murphy. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow, Joe. I'm so glad you brought his name up. (laughs) He had a great night at the plate last night. Yeah, he did. Could you imagine being an asshole Braves fan who doesn't want Sean Murphy on your team? Could Could you imagine clamoring for anybody else? other mm. than Sean Murphy right now. Yeah, well, Sean yeah. Murphy is hitting country miles worth of fucking home runs. Yeah. There's people out there who would much rather have somebody else. Well, I'm sorry mm-hmm. I didn't jump up and down when Travis Darnot got concussed, you know, unlike you. <laughs> he was like, this is great. Okay, sorry. I should have, my bad. I should have been excited for that. <laughs> I'm actually good friends with the Darnos, so that that's mm-hmm. just not why it's shocking. Let's ball with them. <laughs> yeah. Matt Chapman for, for the Toronto Blue Jays, what a breakout campaign he's been having. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but he's gone to a toe tap this year. What? Yep. I, Different stride, toe tap. He's just, he's fucking seeing the ball well, Dallas. Yeah, no, hey, I, I tell you, Chappie, Chappie seeing the ball well, Murph seeing the ball well, mm-hmm. uh, Ole, yeah, Ole what's seeing it? the ball well. Matt Chapman, yeah, the, I mean, Matt Olsen, Sean you know, Murphy. This, this is... Have driven in those three mm. former Oakland A's mm-hmm. have driven in 53 runs. Yep. 53. The Oakland yes. A's as a team ah, to start the year uh, have scored 63 ah. runs. All, all three of those guys are in the top 10 for position players and wins above replacement, too. Mm-hmm. Including Chapman. Who's yeah, so that was one the stat. <clears throat> that, that, that's what I, I didn't want to talk about. That's what I didn't want you to find. Well, I, I, you know, I, I've gotten some pretty nice messages from Oakland A's fans who have reached out and said, you know what, Dallas, Dallas speaks for all of us. He speaks, he speaks for us. He speaks with us and he stands with us. And that's why we listen to baseball is dead. And some, some Oakland A's fans are like, Hey, you know what, when you, when you lay into Dallas and the Oakland A's, we actually support that because we want people to know how bad it is over here. (laughs) And, (laughs) and. And Jared, that is why I am their martyr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I will take all of the arrows for them. All you wear them. a crown and, of thorns for this organization, and they, and they they know, like I I get you have people people DM me about things anywhere from like concession items to fucking personnel moves, like roster mm. decisions, right? Like this is all like I've got to say in absolutely all of it mm-hmm. somewhere somehow i've got an iron in every fire that that's just not it's not true it's not true but i am here i am here to support 
my Bay fans. Yeah, you're doing a great job of it. Honestly, you're the guy. <laughs> you're the guy. Um, I'll stand with them. Yeah, the Atlanta Braves. They've played 11 games on the road this year. They've only lost one of them, but they've won eight straight ball games. <clears throat> Not much else to say, really. But I mean, the New York Mets, 11 and seven to start the year. Okay. Um, Philadelphia Phillies being seven and 11 to start the year with a negative 16 run differential, not where you want to be. Uh, but my Milwaukee Brewers in a division, I, I don't want to say that the division was a toss up, but there were a lot of intriguing teams in the NL Central. Uh, the Brewers being one of them, they've won three straight. They're in first place with a two game lead over both the Cubs and Dallas, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Who are eleven and seven to start the year? They've won two straight. They have a positive run differential. I want to say the last three times they started the season, eleven and seven, they won the World Series. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere. Who? Who'd you say? My the Pirates. Oh, the Buccos. Oh, I was like, yeah. Oh, hold on. Say that again. The last three times they started 11 and seven, they won the World Series. I think that's what I saw. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm willing sure to take all action on the Pirates winning the World Series this season from this pod, from the rest of the podcast <laughs> participants. Any action I'll throw you hundred bucks throw down, on that. will be the house mm-hmm. on that one. Yeah. I'll throw a hundred bucks on the Pirates winning the World Series. What are the odds right now? Probably good enough to throw a hundred bucks on them. Yes. Yeah. Jake, so look much. that up. Uh, let's see. Give me the, give me the Pittsburgh Pirates World Series odds in the DraftKings sports. They're currently plus twenty five thousand. Yeah, value plus what? Same as the Roy- part with same as the Royals and Tigers. Oh, that's unfair. That's unfair. They should not be in the same conversation as as the Royals and Tigers. The Royals are an abomination. The Tigers are very Fuck. dreadful. But we'll get to the Tigers because they've been winning ball games. How dare you? Yeah, no, no. I, we're we're gonna get to the Tigers. Um, St. Louis Cardinals, very disappointing start, seven and eleven. Seven and eleven, negative eleven run differential. The D backs. I remember when I got mocked for saying that the D backs were gonna be interesting this year. Because they lost like one game, like the third game of the season, they were getting trounced. Oh yeah, the D backs are gonna be interesting this year, huh? Kuabas, they're gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In first place right now, 10% through the season. <clears throat> that's no small slice. If I said, give me 10% of your bank account, you'd be like, what the fuck? That's a lot, right? I mean, it's, it's not enough for me to tell you that oh, come on. you're never going to make enough. You're never going to make that. Come on. Interesting. We're the two D-backs weeks are, inter- are you trying to say the D-backs are not interesting? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that you as I don't think that you you're qualified to say what's interesting or not. What a take. <laughs> what a take. Interesting. It's like I mean, yeah, you could say that about anyone. The Oakland Athletics are very interesting this year. Yeah, they are. Uh so then that lines up. But it could be interesting for a lot of reasons. The Oakland A's are interesting in the fact that they're an interesting talking point. They're not interesting to sit down and watch the games. Like the D-backs are interesting to sit down and watch the games. I agree. I agree with you with that too. I Thank also you. they I, I'll put the D-backs in that in my category of teams that could surprise people this year. Oh, 
And that is a small group of teams. Mm. Corbin and, Corbin Carroll is definitely exciting to watch. Yeah. And I like I I just so his game, I mean, look, Longo, I love the fact that Longo's playing well right now. Love the fact that Longo's playing well right now because he is one of these guys where he's an elder statesman in the game. And speaking of the Oakland A's, okay, we don't have a ton of those guys on, on that roster. There's not a ton of elder statesmen that can impact the roster the way that a healthy Evan Longoria can impact this roster. So that is something that, yes, is interesting to watch about them. Uh, unfortunately for Longo, we've seen that things at times he gets a little banged up. If he could stay healthy or if they could figure out how to use him sparing, I don't want to say sparingly, but keep him healthy and keep him in a position to make the impact he's making in this early go here, that helps. That helps a lot. And it helps just because of the, the conversation that we're having around the division with the Dodgers, kind of the same conversation we're having around the AL West with the Astros, how the Mariners are beating the Astros. The Angels are beating the Astros. The Rangers are beating the Astros. And so the Diamondbacks might be able to become one of those teams that continually gives the Dodgers, gives the Padres a, a good fit. Mm. Jay, hey, do you have any D-backs thoughts? I mean, I agree with the Corbin Carroll uh, assessment. I think he's like, I think he's one of the most exciting prospects to come around in the last few years because he's the he's the total package in terms of speed and and pop, and it's materializing like very quickly upon his ascension to the major leagues. So that part I think is spot on. Um, I don't think I I don't think I disagreed with the idea that. Arizona could be interesting this season, um, in part because I think they're pitching. Uh, I think Zach Gowan is interesting. I think they have a lot of youth that's on the way as well. And then when you have, I, I couldn't help but pull up Evan Longoria's page when when Dallas brought him up because we've gotten to the point where like, like he's not available enough anymore. But he's actually remained remarkably productive over like the back half yeah. of his 30s when he's on the field, so much so that I think I've like kind of lost track of him unfairly as well, because he hasn't 120 OPS plus since the start of the 21 season across 625 plate appearances. And that is like legitimately helpful, um, mm -hmm. even if it's in a platoon situation or even if it's in a if it's in a part time situation. And I just think like sometimes a player, the start of a player's career can obscure some good stuff that they're doing on the back half. And just because Longoria was a franchise centerpiece and possibly on a Hall of Fame track for the first seven to eight seasons of his career, um, you know, I think he's become a little bit, a little bit lost in the shuffle and a little bit underappreciated uh, down the stretch. So I appreciate that call out for sure. I, Shout I, out. I just think that, sorry, the last thing I'll say, I think the NL West might be more open than we maybe anticipated. Like I know there was talk about yeah. the Padres and Dodgers and waffling back and forth on those two, but they both look uh at least as vulnerable, if not more so than we anticipate. And I know they haven't had Tatis and that will make a difference. But the Padres pitching staff really had I think Soto has some either. concerns. But um not saying the Diamondbacks are going to win the division, but they now have four teams projected for eighty plus wins in the division and none of them are projected for ninety. So it's getting, it's tighter well, yeah, than it was, it's crunching. right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, I, I love that. And also, I was going to say shout out to Nick Ahmed, who hit a ball that bounced last night. <laughs> it's just, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> the dude's a wizard with a glove, like a wizard with the glove. He's one of, like, honestly, if you're going to watch the Diamondbacks play baseball, get there early so you can hopefully watch Nick Ahmed go about his business in the infield. It's a fucking treat. It is a treat. It's just, it's like watching milk poured off of a mirror in slow motion, just as smooth and as buttery as, I don't know why I thought about that. Right? I don't even know what milk poured off a mirror would look like. It just fucking feels super smooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fucking he's sexy over there though. As long as we're doing like just appreciating the D backs session here. I, I wonder yeah. how many people fully realize that Zach Allen finished fifth in the Cy Young vote last year and since the start of the twenty two season has a two six four ERA been... and two hundred and eight and a third innings pitch. Like that guy it is rock solid. I mean, he's a legitimate front of the rotation guy, and I think that's one of the pieces that has been missing for the D-backs, and it looks like it looks like they have that for the well. Everybody that's starting ball games right now for him, outside of Mad Bum, I feel like has done a decent job. Well, Mad Bum and and what Davies, he get roughed up, Davies. Yeah, um, he got hurt. So, but yeah, I mean, like Gallon has thrown the ball very well. Uh, Merrill Kelly has thrown the ball very well. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's a great start. It's a great start. I, I think offensively, you know, that's why I said I, I love Corbin Carroll. Super exciting. The way the game has transitioned and his arrival, it's like a perfect marriage. Like, like this is when he's supposed to be here. You know what I mean? Like, he's the perfect player for this time. Like, he wants to fucking run, let him run. He can drive the ball, fucking bang it, big dog. And, and just, like, watch the whole skill set surface and and be put on display from a subjective you know it's also crazy about the d-backs is that in their starting lineup their projected starting lineup they only have one player over 30 oh nuclei nuclei pretty wild and mad bum is actually younger than jacob Degrom, so he could still develop that's crazy to think develop into develop what (laughs) in case of the case of the sore shoulder yeah (laughs) Uh, you know, find some things, experiment, uh, new pitch, uh, new pitch, <laughs> throw the fucking sweeper, I, dude. I think we're closer to Mad Bum being out of the rotation than we are him developing a new pitch or finding another gear. Uh, uh, yeah, it's sad. Let the kids play, Jay. Yeah, not going not gonna to stand let for any Mad Bum slander. It's here. not slander. Yeah. He's terrible now. Um, I do think you're, go- you're, you're a. Going back, angry human. No, no, hold on, hold on. I cut both ways. I I cut both ways. I'm giving. I'm about to go into a Corbin Carroll thing here for a second. And when somebody's no good anymore, not before you try to absolutely decapitate (laughs) one of the greatest postseason pitchers in Major League history. That's great. So far, that's great. That's fine. So far (laughs) in the rear view. Dismiss the world champion. Who gets a shit? No, I I remember that as vividly as I have any baseball uh, highlight or experience. Do you? Well, it shows you appreciate of my professional career. He has a five ten ERA since twenty twenty. He's over. Um, wow. With Corbin Carroll, I do think it matters on a subjective sense, though, that he signed long term because the Diamondbacks fan. I feel like that allows you to appreciate what's happening with him as a Diamondbacks fan 
in a much more comfortable setting because you're not wondering where is this all headed in three years? Is the team going to be good enough around him for to just, you know, et cetera, et cetera? Are they going to have to trade him and spin him off because he's too expensive? Like he signed, you can get excited about what he's developing into and you can get really excited about the team that's developing around him too. And I think that, I don't know how to quantify that, but I think it matters. I did not, out of all the teams that we hit on, in the standings update, did not expect the media's conversation to be surrounding the Arizona Diamondbacks, but I'm here for it. They deserve the love. They're in first place. Uh, the Dodgers are nine and nine, and we'll get to why. We'll get to how they got to 500. Spoiler alert: It was Clayton Kershaw going seven shut. Uh, the San Diego Padres with a very disappointing uh, eight and eleven start to the season, negative eleven run differential. They're in third place. They've lost three straight. Uh, the Giants have lost five straight. They're five and eleven. They look dog shit. Uh, but a big update for the last place, Colorado Rockies. Chris Bryant has finally hit a home run at Coors Field. Hey, let's go! He did it. Let's he did it. go. Was it an oppo job? Uh, no, he pulled it. Pull home. Pull side. Yep. Yep. Congratulations to Chris Bryant. He on said, your fuck first it. I'm getting the head out. Coors Field Homer is a Colorado Rocky. Um, before we uh, kind of dive deeper into all that, the baseball season is in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Uh, join the big league action right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code Carabas, C-A-R-R-A-B-I-S. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code Carabas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I would say coming off of a, 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 a nice little slate of baseball last night, the uh, story of the night has to be Clayton Kershaw, to which I totally jacked a Jay Hay nug from a previous podcast and piggybacked off of it. Um, for a, for an updated statistic this morning before before we started to do the podcast because it was fascinating to me and when Jay Hay made the point about what Kershaw has accomplished since his last Cy Young season so Clayton Kershaw threw seven shutout innings last night seven three hit shutout innings I believe he had nine strikeouts to earn his 200th career win Clayton Kershaw's last Cy Young season was in 2014. Out of the 129 pitchers with at least 100 starts since the start of the 2015 season, Clayton Kershaw is first 
in ERA, 248. First in whip, 094. And 15th in strikeouts per nine. It is north of 10 at 10.18 in 1,227 and two-thirds innings. So he hasn't won a Cy Young Award in nine years, but he's put up Cy Young numbers for the entire nine-season duration since he last won one. How did Clayton Kershaw become the most underrated player? In the I don't league? know, because I, for whatever reason, honestly, the, the first tidbit is because he broke into the league so early that we think he's older than he is. So he's, he's pitching in years that he's still very much capable of being a front end of the rotation guy. But in our brains, we're like, this motherfucker's 45 doing this. <laughs> it's like, no, he's, he's what, 30? He's 35? 30? Yeah. yeah. He might not even be that old. <laughs> Clayton... Kershaw. He's 35. He turned he just turned 35 last month. He turned 35 one month ago today. So I think the perception is that he's older than he is. And now, like the you know, the popular thing to say is, oh, Clayton Kershaw and Jacob DeGrom are the same age. And that's kind of like a that's one of those things that just warps your sense of time. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think when you look at Clayton Kershaw and the injuries and the, the, the back injuries that have kept him out for extended periods of time to the point where he's, he needed an epidural and I've t- told this story before, but like that Clayton Kershaw needing an epidural was the first time that I realized that it was used for more than just, uh, giving birth. I didn't know that. Wow. I didn't wow. know that. How would I know that? The only other epidurals that I was familiar with were during the, the miracle of life, Dallas. That was it. The miracle of life. But now it's the miracle of Clayton Kershaw. So he's had these back injuries. So he hasn't it's, accumulated. That's the thing. He hasn't had a ton of seasons where he has accumulated enough innings in a season to garner Cy Young votes. So when you see no Cy Young votes, you're thinking, well, he wasn't good. Well, for the no. amount of innings that he was able to pitch, he was great. Right. You're getting you're getting the production in the window. Yeah. You're getting you're you're getting what? What? His mic cut out. Dallas's? Yeah. No, I can barely I was I was uh, only hearing certain things like it was popping. What 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 I was going to say like like I don't I think my headphones are going in and out. What I was going to say was in in the window of production for Kershaw uh to to your point about him being injured. Yeah, there's there's not enough accumulation for the like as far as qualifying standards go, right? I think there's been some seasons where that's been the case. But I think what happened is he bursts onto the scene and never really ever started to fizzle until some injuries popped up and he went from being this Cy Young award winner to almost like at the same time became a guy who was dealing with injuries and couldn't win the big one. And it's like he got saddled with this whole narrative that 
oh, he's injury riddled and he can't perform in the postseason. So, oh, that's great. He's an awesome regular season pitcher and cool. He can win the Cy Young, but it seems like he's just not able to figure it out in the postseason. And it seems like he's getting injured more these days, dealing with backs and elbows and whatnot. So, uh, and, I, and I think that I don't want to say sour because I don't know that anybody's soured on Clayton Kershaw. You're an asshole if you have. Um, mm, I mean, it, at the old what? place, there was an individual there who would battle me on the daily over Clayton Kershaw. And I'm not going to say that this individual uh, is the smartest baseball mind that we've ever encountered, but he does have a platform that influences a lot of people's opinions to to side with his without any sort of research. So he created this narrative that Clayton Kershaw was overrated. Yeah, well, it's just not true. <laughs> yeah, it's just not true. I was trying to th- simply not. I was trying to think about the Kershaw thing because, like, the lack of bulk innings is kind of part of the story of the second half of his career. And, like, obviously, Jared touched on when you add it all up, it's it's like one long Cy Young campaign. It just hasn't all been clustered together into one season. And I was trying to figure out how to quantify that a little bit. So I looked at um, like both war and innings pitched through their age 35 season um, among all pitchers to debut in the divisional era. So since 1969. Um, and he's sixth in war through age 35, but only for 41st in innings pitched. So like, I think that shed some light on like the incredible level of dominance that you're getting out of him because not only like not only is that a, a like a, a product of the modern game right where people are going seven eight nine innings less frequently than they used to but it's also a product of the fact that you know he's been throwing 120 innings per season for the last four or five years um but like just on a pure quality basis we've really never with the possible exception of Pedro, I'm not sure that we've ever seen anything quite like this in baseball history. And it should still be the last should still be appreciated. The last four years, Jay, or really the last three years are the only years where like the injuries and the, you know, overall lack of total body of work has, has really taken a drop because up until 2020 and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the dude had thrown less than 150 innings. Yeah, he threw 140. He threw 149 in 2016, but that was well, motherfucker. Yeah, but also that was the year he had a 169 <laughs> ERA in 21 starts. So we'll we'll round up. We'll round up. Um, thank you, thank you. And, and even <laughs> the 2020 season, like you, I have to mentally remind myself: ten starts and 58 innings. That was the full season, basically. Um, yeah. So it, yeah. it really is just 21 and 22 where he hasn't delivered what most would consider like a full season's worth of work. And that's not he was. Yeah. Or, or like, like, I mean, I go look, go look at his go look at baseball reference and see like what like what was the what would you say uh, the hundred he had a one point six nine ERA yeah, in twenty sixteen. He finished fifth in the Cy Young despite only throwing one hundred and forty nine innings. Because he had a one six nine ERA and three shutouts. He's fucking it's ridiculous. Yeah. That was the year. That was the year he had 172 strikeouts and eleven walks. He had a fifteen point six four strikeout to walk ratio. Hmm. So stupid. Just so stupid. 
His best in any other season is 7.75. That's silly. What was your, what year did he strike out? 301. 300. It was the year before that, 2015. Okay. And he he also had like 240 innings. Yeah, 230. Led led baseball in innings pitched. Led the NL in starts. Led baseball in strikeouts. Led baseball in FIP. Finished third in the Cy Young somehow. Oh, was that the Ar- was that Arietta Granky? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, Arietta's ridiculous second half. Yeah, you're just throwing a no hitter like every other start. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. Uh, but yeah, Clayton Kershaw. It's he he has just been a, a tree in the breeze he's overrated he's underrated he, now he's overrated he's underrated it's I, I when it's all said and done he will be properly rated as the best oh. pitcher of this generation yeah uh i mean him and him and yeah, yeah. Him, him and verlander are gonna be i think that's gonna be ballied about and bantered about because think- verlander will have the innings well, well look, I, you know what? I think that's like I think that is a great barbershop conversation. I have we removed yeah, Scherzer I, I, from that conversation because I remember having no. that on previous starting nines where it was like those <clears throat> those three guys are going to be like because I I remember growing up and when I really got into stats like in my head debating the Pedro Maddox Clemens unit grouping and yeah. being like whose yeah. career it's, would I've rather had whose peak what I have rather had and like I don't know maybe the answer ultimately is Kershaw with this generation but I do think that's I, I think that is a perfect barbershop baseball conversation in 10-15 years whose peak would you have rather had whose career because then you get into the hardware too and and World yeah. Series success and pl- like they've all had complicated postseason legacies it's fascinating I, I don't think that anyone would pick Kershaw for whose career would you rather have you don't think if so you, have, if you pick Verlander you're getting multiple titles you're getting probably more money, right? I would venture to guess. Like career earnings without looking, Verlander probably clears. Hold on. Maybe Scherzer, because he had that big one. Big one, uh, really? He was yeah. the first jumbo. Looks like. Yeah, and then he started getting the, the fatty one years. I'll use just mm. reference as the source, but Kershaw has 294. Career earnings. Yeah, Scherzer's at 307. Verlander is at uh, 360. And I don't believe... 360? Yeah. And I don't believe those are factoring in any sort of uh, postseason bonuses either. Or the Skechers deal. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of money. (laughs) Who was with Skechers? Kershaw. <laughs> was he, really? he wears Skechers every time he pitches. You never know that? Skechers. No, oh, <laughs> no I did not know that. If Jared doesn't know it, doesn't deal sound like Skechers is getting its money's worth. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, dude, the day he rolled those out, I, I thought it, like, I, I legitimately thought it was a fucking SNL commercial. Like, I thought this was a fucking joke, but no, your boy is absolutely slanging Skechers. <laughs> what, what, what year did he start wearing Skechers? This is like five years ago, dude. For real? 
Yeah. <laughs> Skechers has like the Kershaw. Buddy, he's got he wears Skecher cleats. <laughs> yeah, I know he he wears Skecher cleats, but he has does he is there like a Skechers Clayton Kershaw? Yeah. Well, no, 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 huh? No, he's just like endorsing Skechers. Oh, okay. He's the Trust only me. one with Skechers cleats on earth. Yeah, if there was <laughs> a Cle- <laughs> if there was a Clayton Kershaw fucking Skecher, buddy, I'd be wearing it. I I might make that I might make the Clayton Kershaw Skecher my everyday shoe. Yeah. That might be the view from the office go to every day. Oh, my dad would be pumped. He fucking loves Skechers. <laughs> that dude, that dude stays rocking Skechers. I mean, but I, honestly, I would wear them. Like why? Like why the hate though? You know what I mean? Like for if Skechers? he's like, if he's like, dude, have you put your feet in these? Could you imagine walking around on these like with spikes? Well, that's what I'm doing. So. There, <laughs> there is, should be zero hate in that because that is something that very few people can say. People like that are like Shohei. Shohei has a New Balance glove. Like you can't buy a New Balance glove. They just paid him a trillion dollars and was like, "Here, we made this glove for you." Hey, like that's rare to get that Joe, type of deal. Joe, I may or may not have <clears throat> a little inside track to uh, to what the New Balance approach is going to be with with Shohei. I mean, I might be brushing my teeth with a fucking New Balance toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) I might be using Shohei New Balance toothpaste. Like, there will be no stone left unturned. No stone. Tastes just like Shohei. Speaking of stones, they might be slinging fucking New Balance rocks. Like like pet rocks. They will. I cannot wait. We got to wait a little while. It's going to be a little while for the shoe. Going to be a little while. They got to like, come on, figure it out. Like the, the amount of people that have been clamoring for marketable baseball sneakers. Like I went in, I was in uh, the Square One Mall in Saugus, Massachusetts uh, last weekend because I was buying my mom her first pair of Nikes. Her first and, pair? Yeah, she's never ha- like, I wanted her to get like Jordan once. <laughs> like we we got her. We got her like actual like six sneakers. Like she's probably had like Nike running shoes before, but I was like, no, 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 no. Like we're going to get you like some, some ones. I'm going to give her some customs. Yeah. Uh, And I was in there and I saw, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the Griffey, but it could be the Kobe. I don't know. So like the fact that I have to like pull this off the rack and be like, is this the Kobe or the Griffey? Like, oh, that's the Griffey. And I was like, okay, like there should be more. I guess it should it shouldn't have well, to be a question. No, we well we've had this we've had this conversation. The Griffey is to the baseball shoe or the baseball shoe lineage uh as to what what the Jordan is, right? What what the Jordan yeah. is in in baseball. So the Griffey like how like every like you know the J1s everybody's got a, a custom J1 all the different colorways blah blah blah. That's what the Griffey is. It's like the base baseball shoe. And they've yeah. got different colorways, different collabs. They've got the LeBron uh, Griffey collab. I mean, they've got all kind of different shit going on. Yeah, we just need more. Like I like the Soto. Like I, that would be sick to just have baseball players having their own sneakers that didn't look. I don't know. Like I, 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 I don't I, like. I honestly don't know why it's not a bigger thing and why people have. Like, <laughs> dude, they wear them every day. Okay, and basketball players wear their shoes every day they play basketball, but they're not on TV every day. Right. These guys, 
are on TV every day. Mm-hmm. Their shoes on TV every day, especially as a pitcher. Like if you're a top of the line front line guy, the reason the glove deal gets you paid is because right where's face. that camera? Mm-hmm. Every fucking pitch is on you, your glove right there. You are a billboard. So if you've got someone, if you've got a guy like Kershaw, frontline dude, like they missed the boat on, on just pumping this dude's tires. But they, they absolutely should be thinking about this. In the box, every time Juan Soto does the shuffle, what are you watching? His feet move. And then well, his he's fucking, complaining about that. Did you see that? He's like, with the pitch clock, region. I can't. He's like, I can't oh, yeah, do the sure. shuffle anymore. What? Yeah, well, there's a lot of talk about whether or not the pitch clock is like really fucking with Juan Soto. Yeah, because he's not doing well right now. No, no. He's it, like, it, that's I, part of my mental game. Yeah, well, <sighs> part of this game is changing and adjusting. Yeah. I find it hard to believe that he can't do the Soto shuffle anymore. Did you really say that? I, th- I think he, he has said that like the pitch clock has uh, interfered with like his mental part of the game. Yes, yeah, I saw that. But like the shuffle, I mean, by That's the time you're done with the shuffle, the pitcher does not have the ball. Like if you're, I guess, That's maybe when he used to the, the dick grab. Well, no, it's because you do the, sh- he's got to do the shuffle, right? And then it's the step out after, and then he's got to come out and he resets. And the, hey, these umpires, especially in the games that I'm watching, they are not here for their, yo, whoop, whoop, come on, let's go, get it going. Mm. That clock is moving. Yeah, I, something's going on. Though, off right, to a good start. Yeah, so I'm like, how long? Pulling this, it up right now. How, and like, I mean, maybe we should never expect another 2020. In part because it was an abri- you know, a, a snapshot of what a full season would have looked like. But I mean, this is he's headed in the wrong direction. It's just like what well, Jay. Hey, he, I was going to ask you quickly to look at like O swing, O contact, yeah, and, and Z swing. Right um so what do you got so his zone swing has precipitously dropped he's gone from in 2019 and 2020 and 21 he was north of 60 percent it was 56 percent last year and is below 53 percent this year so he's being aggressive going away on more passive on balls in the zone um his zone contact rate for that matter has dropped not at the same level but has dropped but still Um, dropped his chase rate has increased, uh, interestingly yep. enough, from where it was in 21. Not as It's basically back it's, to where it was in 19 and 20, so it's not terrible. Um, and his whiff rate currently this season is higher than it has been at any point uh, in his career, and his first pitch swing rate is at its lowest point in his career. So, like, it just, like... That, well, that, that's... that's that, that, you're, you're watching... Yeah, you're, see, you're seeing a guy who's in between right now. He is in between approaches. He doesn't know what his best move is right now. It's crazy because he still leads the he still leads major league baseball in walks and his on base percentage is three sixty six despite a one seventy five batting average. So like there are core but, the, but but that's no I'm just gonna say there there are core elements of Juan Soto that are still intact, but it's not coming with like when the bat hits the ball, it's not coming with the same authority that it used to. Um average exit velocity is down two point eight miles an hour from twenty one. So Right, Jay. It's all like I said. It's a lack of aggression. That that's why I instantly, when we see guys slump like that, that's why I told you to go there to the O swing, Z swing. Like like those are the things that I that you can identify quickly, man. Very quickly. 
And you, we just did. We just did. The lack of aggression. And I've always felt like, like you mentioned the walks, but the free passes, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, are essentially a byproduct of the lack of aggression. And the end result is if I'm not swinging at the pitch, which I'm not doing much these days, and if I'm not hitting it hard, which I'm not doing much these days, when I do decide to swing at it, which is all declined, uh, if I take it, um, you know, I could walk. That's And that's working out because he does have a good eye. He's got an incredible feel for the zone. But that is what is driving this man instead of him actually driving the baseball and him going up there. He is. It's almost like he's taking at bats and he's trying to survive the at bat as opposed to going up and looking to fucking hurt somebody's feelings. And, and, And not to say this is exactly what's happening with Juan Soto, but I feel like you see this sometimes at the end of players' careers, you get like a one season or partial season on base percentage bump because they do turn into, I'm going to try and grind mm-hmm. out the walk here or I'm going to do everything I can to work deep into this counter to get on base as opposed because I know I can't hit the ball as hard. Um, and then you see like, you see the next year it all comes apart and obviously Juan Soto's way well, too young hey, for all that. But um, but let's, let's keep our glass half full and say that when you... Uh, when you plug in Tatis Jr., maybe that allows Juan Soto an opportunity to reset because there's no doubt that the attention will shift and the focus will be on Tatis and how's he doing? What's it look like? Crushing a triple A? Can you come up and, and make an impact? And maybe that alleviates some pressure for Juan Soto and lets him sort of, I don't know, get back to trying to, to, trying to fucking hurt somebody. Also, I don't. I'm watching a decent amount of Padres baseball, but even through his struggles, it doesn't appear to me that he's lost his confidence. And I don't know if that means that he is working on it and he's going to figure it out, or he knows what the issue is and he's working at it. It doesn't seem to me like he's lost his confidence. Like even like that, like maybe you saw too, Joe, like the bat against um, Max Fried the other day when he just dropped a disgusting curveball on him and like, he just like smiled. He was like, yeah, that was nasty. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) It's not, he he doesn't seem lost. I don't think. Yeah. He's always been that way. I mean, at 20 years old, grabbing his nuts and playing (laughs) in Verlander's face in the world series. This is not the type of guy who's not going to like be, you know, the beast. He's still doing the shuffle. He's still, you know, doing the freaking smiles and saying oh good pitch you know and shit like well do you think he's gonna live to regret the heat let's not let's not discount that Juan Soto and Scott Boris turned down 440 million dollars well did you see what he said about that what he said something about like that wasn't really ever an offer they stopped talking that the Nationals leaked it to make it look like it was I believe that with that being said I'm sure it was close to that if it wasn't there he still turned down a shit ton knowing of money. the Nats it probably cl- included 398 million dollars in deferred money deferred, out to like deferred payments. yeah no trade clause you get two dollars up front <laughs> you get you get a McDonald's you get a McDonald's uh, kids meal up front and everything else is deferred until you're 90 years old uh um Boys and girls, uh, I do have to go. Um, yes. I would like to put you on notice, though. If you are going to watch a baseball game today, if you want just a small glimpse into what the future could hold, not only in the game of baseball, not only 
specifically on the mound in our great game of baseball, mm-hmm. but in the town, Oak Town, on the bump today, is a fireballing fuck you attitude having Mason Miller ready to shove a hundred mile an hour fastballs directly up the ass of the Chicago Cubs. Day one <laughs> of a long storied career in the Grandes for my man Mason Miller. Tune in. You won't want to miss it. Let's go. I'm gone. Yo, yo, shout out to Mason Miller, though, to be fair. 19 strikeouts and zero walks in eight and two thirds in yeah. this year. He's a- That's right. That's right. Those and two hits. Come fucking That's get yourself. Wild, actually. And both those hits were homers. Come fucking get yourself. This actually could be quite interesting. Only two hits allowed in eight and two thirds. They were both homers. He's walked nobody and he struck out 19. I'm tuning in. And he throws a hundred. It's fucking real. I'm Here it comes, bitch. He's probably didn't even look at his ERA. Didn't look at strikeouts. Saw zero walks. Fool, and we're like, Joe, why, are you getting, up. <laughs> why are you getting caught up in the numbers, bro? Why are you getting caught up in the numbers? <laughs> Because I've See? never seen the guy in my life. Maybe that's no. why. But, look, look, real baseball, guy, real baseball guys him. know. <laughs> no, real baseball guys know. Eventually, you got to get over the numbers and you just got to play. He could be a literal alien. I would never know. <laughs> I've never seen the guy. All I have nope. is numbers. Numbers don't mean anything in baseball. I'm out. Bye, Dallas. Uh, hopefully, Dallas is... Uh, Throwing on some Indochino before he gets on that bus or whatever the hell he's doing. I think he um, is. He just texted me. He said he was. He was? Mm-hmm. Looking sharp all wedding season long should not be expensive. With a custom-fitted suit from Indochino, you'll create priceless memories without costing a fortune. Customize every detail on your suit, shirt, dinner jacket, and more in a range of colors from a traditional black or gray to burgundy or olive to a classic Hemsworth Navy. I love that. I'm actually more of an olive guy. My Indochino, I've got, I went with the olive Indochino pants. I've been wearing them for not just, I mean, I don't really get invited to weddings because people know that I just won't come. Uh, but anytime I have to look nice and fancy, we rock the Indochino pants. They're very comfortable, by the way. We got to get Joe some. Let's get Joe suited up with some Indochino for the All-Star Game this year in Seattle. Yeah, please. Because every suit, is made to your exact measurements and you can customize every single detail. Create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly with options for fabrics, uh, lapel shape, custom monograms, statement linings, and more. They also have tuxedos starting at $579. Why rent when you could buy a custom tux that you can rewear for years to come? Indochino also offers completely custom fitted shirts, casual wear, and more. Get a superior wardrobe personalized to your style and taste without the luxury price tag. Uh, they're always adding new pieces and options so you can stay on trend and in style. Explore their relaxed yet refined approach to spring suits with their sp- with their new spring fabrics. RSVP, knowing that you've got the perfect look all wedding season long from Indochino. Go to Indochino.com, use the promo code DEAD, and get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That is I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code DEAD. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I hate weddings. I have one. I have like a couple coming up and I'm just like, can you guys just like fucking break up? <laughs> Like, I don't, you're just like the fucking, the Yankees are in town for one wedding that I have. And I'm like, dude, you don't even like this girl. Like, I'm trying to like talk about the idea of getting married. And I'm like, bro, first of all, how selfish do you have to be? Like the past three weddings that I've been invited to do, not including this Yankee one. Uh, when I was in Seattle. My cousin got married when uh, during the Seattle Mariners lone playoff game. And I was like, listen, you asked me straight up. Will I be available if you get married in October? And I said, I cannot make you that promise. You chose the October wedding date. One of my best friends from home, summer of 2021. He was like, hey, if I have my wedding in October, do you think you can make it? I was like, probably not. But I did make that one because I think it was like an off day in between like World Series games. Um, and then another one was like, hey, I'm getting married. If I invite you to my wedding, it's in Spain. Will you come? And I was like, absolutely not. But tell me where I can send the wedding gift. Happy to do that. Um, Jay Hay, <laughs> Jay Hay got married and it was the perfect set of circumstances because Jay Hay is, as you know, a baseball savant geek nerd that had nothing or mostly baseball people at his wedding. So no one was looking at me thinking I'm a rude individual for watching a baseball game at his wedding. I had the game on my cell phone, but I was sitting at a table with like Carl Ravitch and Tim Kirchin. So I was like, these people are certainly not looking at me being like, what the fuck is this guy doing watching a baseball game at his friend's wedding? I digress. Indochino.com promo code <laughs> 10. Woo. 10% off. Got to look good at those weddings that you're definitely going to go to this summer. Um, some of the uh, main stories that have happened since we last got together. I know Jay Hay commented on this. I saw the tweet. I, I'd send out a tweet at like 1 a.m. last night. Joe, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to this too as well. Uh, Evan Drellick, my arch nemesis of The Athletic, tweeted out, Rob Manfred this evening said that he and owners are interested in limiting the length of MLB player contracts. Tony Clark responded, quote, anyone who believes that players would ever endorse an assault by management on guaranteed contracts is badly mistaken. So right off the bat, take your labor piece and shove it up your ass, bitch. <laughs> Uh, it just seems to me it's it's a weird thing when you have owners that created an issue that they're now trying to combat the longer contracts. Like I, I broke it down from all three angles, right? You have the player angle. You have the fan angle. You have the owner angle. The fans, we don't want teams. We don't want our favorite teams signing players until they're 42. 
owners, they're the ones that started signing these players to the longer deals because if if you can get a guy on an 11-year deal, then guess what? That brings down the average annual value. You can be paid you know, $30 million in a season, but it's the average annual value of the contract that counts against the luxury tax. It's not what you're getting paid that year. It's the AAV for the whole deal. So owners are like, hey, we'll give you more years to bring down the AAV. If you're a player, fuck yeah, I want more job security. Yeah, give me all the guaranteed contract that you can give me. Give me the guaranteed money. Give me the guaranteed years. Fuck yeah, sign me up. So for owners to be the ones to be like, hey, we got to cut the shit with this, these long-term, we got to put a limit on these long-term contracts. It's like, bitch, you fucking started it. What are you talking about that we have to limit these? And it just makes you ask the question, who is the individual that said we need to put an end to this? Like, who's the first person that stood up and said, hey, we need to limit these long contracts. And someone else stood up and said, yeah, let's do it. There has to be other people in the room being like, uh, we kind of started this. Like, obviously, players are not going to push back and be like, no, please stop giving me 11 year contracts and and $280 million. Players aren't going to have an issue with that. So I ask you, Jay, hey, where did this start from? Who is the first person that said we need to put an end to this? Was it Rob Manfred or was it an owner or owners in his ear saying, hey, can we can we cut the shit with the whole like, you know, 11 year deals stuff? I, I'm sure I'm sure it was ownership, a group of, you know, the smaller ownership groups in the league. Um, Rob Manfred himself. I'm always reminded in moments like this that there's an element of this where Rob Manfred cannot help himself. This we we have to remember that this is a guy who made his bones coming up in Major League Baseball as basically their labor lawyer. Um, and in that position, this is a guy who was constantly battling the Players Association in CBA and contract disputes. And I don't think that's ever really left the perspective that he brings uh, in his position, uh, which is, you know, by definition, uh, a representative of ownership interests. And I think he takes that very seriously. I think that is his primary passion and motivation as it relates to this job. Uh, and I, I, it, to me, it's like, it, it's almost like a, a, a too obvious bait and switch where you're like, yes, we'll give you longer contracts at lower average annual values. And then, oh, now that you've, now that this has become the norm, uh, we want the contracts to be shorter too. And he had a quote in the article that I found particularly illuminating, which was, you know, essentially I'm paraphrasing, um, that at some point these long contracts transfer money from uh older stars to or to uh present day stars essentially that these long-term contracts to guys who are going to be 38 39 years old making 28 32 million dollars are going to cost the current stars at that point their ability to make the money that they want which is like so cravenly cynical in the sense that like you're not hearing about any reform as it relates to the arbitration system so that those young players can get more money uh, out of the other side of his mouth. So it's just like, I, I just don't really understand why this is, why this needs to be a talking point right now when I think the sentiment around Major League Baseball 
is as positive as it's ever been from the casual fan and to constantly have these things come up like it's just I know he's asked questions it was in response to a question he didn't just start going off on this topic without any sort of impetus but I just don't understand why it constantly has to be brought to the forefront and why baseball can't get out of its own way with these rain cloud topics uh, when things are going really well. It's disappointing. Joseph? I agree. <laughs> I never have any nuanced thought on these co- labor disputes and stuff. It seems it's very complicated. They're fighting over money. Who's going to make the money? There's a shit ton of money. Who's going to get it? It's a tug and pull, nonstop, constant. It'll work itself out in the end. Yeah, I just... I just thought that it was a little ironic in a way that it seems like the owners are complaining about a problem that they created to try to piss off the players. <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense. And if we're going to like, I, I know this is not exactly what we're talking about, but like you look at the teams that are generating the lowest attendance on a game by game basis or the teams that have just a flagging amount of fan interest. And then you look at what the Padres are doing in terms of like, I know they're not winning on the field yet, um, but the level of interest that they've generated, we've it's almost been so enthusiastic that we've come to mock it at times on this podcast, like tongue in cheek, where it's like, are they going a little overboard in their excitement for this team at this point? I, I don't care. I'm, I don't care about that part. But like investing in the team in whatever form that takes, generates excitement, which generates fan interest, which generates people coming to your park or investing in your product or buying your merchandise. And like, I'm just not really, I'm fundamentally not interested in hearing about policy or perspectives that are ultimately about ensuring that the 50% of the teams in this league that really don't want to field competitive teams and spend at 2023 Major League Baseball prices don't have to do that. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear if it's really about the Reds not having to spend $75 million to field a payroll ever, then that's not a talking point that I'm interested in as a fan of the game, period. And that's what I think this is about. At least with the Reds situation, they're like somewhat in a position to justify not spending because they're their young pitching is so good where they can come out and say, we have guys in place. You can see the vision. We're going to be good. And when we determine that these guys are ready, we can then supplement that with, with talent from either free agency or a trade or whatever. But then you have organizations like the Oakland A's that are just flat out telling you, we do not give a fuck. Well, that's a parody of a different <laughs> There's level. no vision. Yeah. Yes. I yeah, mean, the major league comparison is... I I didn't think there'd ever be a real major league team that was that so accurately reflect reflected that movie. And while I'm not there um, on a day to day, it certainly sounds like we're getting close to that. Yeah. And that's what A's fans have said to me. Like the comparison to major league has been drawn multiple times from A's fans being like, we're we are living a real life major league uh, in Oakland here. But anyways, the other things that came out some made no fucking sense some i can at least digest a little bit uh mlb is testing a designated pinch runner in the atlantic league um that can be subbed in and out of the game at any time so new to the atlantic league this season 
uh, will be use a designated pinch runner. Each club will list a player who is not otherwise in the starting lineup as a designated pinch runner. The player may then be substituted at any point into the game as a base runner. The player who is substituted for, well as the pinch runner, may then return to the game without penalty. Do we like this? I don't know. I mean, I'm probably not. <laughs> I think they got the steals up to a, a good level already. This is just going to make steals go fucking crazy. If you can mm-hmm. pinch run any hitter whenever you want and they could just come back in the game, you'll just have Terrence Gore on the bases once every inning. Now you're kind of like creating a whole new position essentially right yeah like guys exactly. are going to become big leaguers that aren't necessarily big league baseball players you're just a fast runner like there there might be teams like the tampa bay rays might be a team that that sits there and says this guy can't fucking hit <laughs> he can't pitch he can't field but he can run and that's worth a roster spot to us because we're creating chaos in the Bates pass uh, we're able to steal more bases. We're able to to go first to third better than anybody. Like you've just got track stars that are now big league baseball players. And and th- to your point, I I agree. Like we've already seen a huge uptick in stolen bases with guys that are just baseball players. But now you're going to be creating a position where this guy is just a track star. He's not a baseball player. He's not. I don't know. Like that. Just yeah. Some some teams, if not multiple teams, will will look at that rule and say we are putting a spot on our roster that is just designated for the guy that can run fast. I think every team would, because it's like every inning you get the fastest player in your team on the bases. Like that's got to increase your runs by a shit ton, like more than just a guy on the bench who hits a few times a week. You know, yeah. I think every team would have a uh, Billy Hamilton. Just fast as fuck, stealing a thousand bags a year. Yeah, but Billy Hamilton can like play defense. Like, yeah, I, I, you would create an, an opportunity for someone who has never played baseball in their lives yeah, <laughs> to exactly. become a big leaguer. It's exactly. like, oh, this guy just he broke the record for like fastest sprint speed. Now he's in the big leagues because <laughs> that's a position now. What do you think, Jay? Hey, I think I've been very supportive. And vocally supportive of the rule changes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, I think you've lost me on this one. <laughs> They're bored. That's what I said. They're bored. I said that they they got high off of the positive reaction from the bigger bases, banning the shift and the pitch clock. And they're like, we are fucking brainiacs, man. We can create any rule, and these fans are going to eat that shit up. To push back on that, they've been doing this shit for years in the Atlanta League. They pushed the mound back an entire foot like last no, year. I, <clears throat> they, they just do random shit all the time. And I think that's great. Yeah. Like, and they, they never work. They, I mean, I don't know if they work or not, but they never, most of them don't ever become actual rules. I mean, they basically mm-hmm. took over the Atlantic League for the purpose of creating an experimental, like a real life test testing zone i mean that's what wow. the atlantic league They're is hilarious. that was the whole purpose of the move and to be honest like i'm not personally impacted by any atlantic league move so maybe it's more complicated than this but i like it like i think it's smart i think it's great to test that stuff out in a real environment where you can get a sense of will this work at the major league level and i think it's not a coincidence that you know they have a pipeline of testing that goes from 
you know, not directly from, but is done in the Atlantic League, is done in minor league baseball, and uh, you know more broadly, and is done uh, at the major league level if it's successful. And I think that's related to why the rollout this season has been so smooth. That must be so frustrating if if you're a player in the Atlantic League, yes, who is still trying to make it to the big leagues, and it's like I'm a fucking test rat, <laughs> and I'm trying to play in major league baseball but I don't get to play by the same rules as major league baseball. And I'm now playing in a league where they've moved the mound back a whole foot. So my ERA is not (laughs) reflective to what it might be if I played in major league baseball, because I'm playing a completely different game because again, I'm in the the test rat league. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that mound moving the mound back made like averages and offense go down. I think. But that it's a great point. Like if you're one of those guys, like you're a guy who's like a Billy Hamilton, like I want to like prove I can hit and I'm I can steal, but it's like now no, you can't hit. You're not going to be in the field. You're just running for this independent league, getting paid no money, and now you have no chance to prove yourself. You're just stealing every fucking inning. Mhm. Yeah. The other rule change, and this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> Uh, MLB is also experimenting with a double hook DH rule in the Atlantic League where a team loses its DH if the starting pitcher fails to complete at least five innings. That's fucking stupid. Hey, uh, our our biggest star that we've had since like Derek Jeter and Ken Griffey Jr. and all these guys, the biggest, most marketable star that we have had in our game, it's because he's a two-way player, but when he's not pitching, he's a DH. How do we fuck that up? Like, how do we <laughs> do something that could limit uh, the, the exposure that he gets to the fans that clearly are paying tickets to, to go see him? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little research right now. So these are... These are all starters, um, players with at least one start this year. Um, okay, so this season, amongst all the pitchers with at least one start, the average innings pitch per game is exactly five innings. So more often than not, you would just lose your DH under this well, rule. Or they have this rule and that goes up like an inning and a half. Everyone's happy. Starters are going longer. Well, we now don't have Blake having, Snell getting taken out in the World Series. Which Phil, I think Nevin, was- Phil Nevin is just leaving Reed Detmers <laughs> out there to get his fucking shit handed to him just so that he doesn't lose Shohei Otani as his DH. <laughs> Yeah, this one seems like, I guess the point in this is to like, if you take out your starter, then you got a reliever, then you're switching relievers and it's like a lot of pitching changes, but that's kind of this, like a time of play issue. Like that's going to make games longer, but we've kind of already fixed that with these new rules. Yeah. So it seems like they've made these new, like they're planning to do this, not knowing how the pitch clock was going to work. So now they're just going to do them anyway. Cause like these problems seem like they've all already been solved, at least in the meantime. So these rules didn't kind of seem pointless like dramatic changes for something that's kind of already fixed yeah jay hey what do you think about this stupid ass rule uh nothing to add stupid ass rule 
<laughs> I think Jet Head's gonna like the last one though. What is the last one? I I only saw those two. Oh, the last one is it's just instead of three disengagements, you get two. So you can do one pick off. If you pick off again, don't get him. He gets to go to the next base. So a disengagement is is not just a pickoff throw. It's like you could like step off and like fake to first. That's a disengagement. Yeah. And just restart. The, I mean, people do that all the time. They just step off to restart the clock. Now you can only do that once. I don't know that I hate that. I'd like to. Yeah, I would just. I'd like to get a sense of how this feels a little bit more before we tighten it up even even further. But I I tweeted it the other day. I was like, to my knowledge, I have not seen someone get granted second base because of too many failed pickoff attempts. But I guess it happened with the Phillies. Yeah, I'm not I sure. think you Darvish, didn't he, or somebody stepped off, forgot they stepped off. Like they didn't try to pick off. They just stepped off to reset the clock and didn't realize it. So then they uh, picked off twice and wasn't aware. So the uh, runner got to advance. But yeah, you're right. It's rare as fuck. But you, I still think that affects space dealing a lot. Of course. Just because people, people are less likely to throw over. Um, yeah. Also stupid. Uh, baseball season's in full swing. Oh wow, we got uh, we got a new read. This is amazing. Uh, baseball season is in full swing, and there are games all day, every day. And when I'm watching all the games and recording all these podcasts every week, it can be tough to get a handle on it all. But thanks to Xfinity 10G Network, I can stay on top of everything. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra-low lag, so you and everyone you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a pitch. And if you're on the go, Xfinity has your back with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity 10G, uh, Xfinity.com slash 10G. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's pretty much it. I mean, a couple of news and notes before we get a got, got to get out of here. The Detroit Tigers have won five straight games, three straight walk-offs. And Javi Baez, since getting benched, is hitting 375 with a 921 OPS. That's just AJ Hinch magic right there. Yeah, he saved the season. They're back, baby. <laughs> the Tigers are back. Let's go. There were seven people at the games yesterday, but I said the <laughs> next game at home, probably double that. So they are back. I got I got skewered by Tigers fans for pointing out that there were quite literally 17 people at the game. <laughs> and they were like, you fucking idiot. It's a fucking Tuesday day game. Make up for a rain out and it's 30 degrees out. Of course, there's no one at the game. And I'm like, buddy, you still have the fucking, the, you're in the bottom third in attendance. Like, it's not like you guys are normally banging out uh, Comerica 
And this set of circumstances created an outlier for attendance this year. Like, just own it. Why, why are you getting mad at me? Your team sucks. And you're mad at me because your attendance was was embarrassingly low, embarrassingly lower than the low that it normally is. I, I'm not going to defend them that they are mad at themselves and their team and not you. But I'm, I have like the opposite perspective. I, I am always surprised when I tune in for like a Tuesday early afternoon, like shitty late April weather sort of game. Like, I'm like, wow. They found 3,500 people in this area to go to this game. Like on Tuesday, <laughs> April 14th or whatever, like 10,000 people in the metro area decided they were going to go to the Tigers afternoon or like whatever team. I'm always like, wow. Like I'm always impressed. I don't, this idea that teams are going to sell out like the, like the Red Sox sellout streak or the, or Cleveland sellout streak back in the 90s, like that is years long. Of people showing up to every home game that you have is mind numbing to me. Doesn't even make sense. Mm. No, it was. Uh, I, I get it. Like you, you, you're tired. It's not like losing. Certainly, is not something new that's happening in Detroit. I think they're tired of losing. I think the writing has been on the wall. I, I think it was you, Jay Hay, maybe that pointed out. Uh, that the only reason why they spent big in years past was because their owner was about to die and he just wanted to see one before he died. Like it's not some market that's known for big spending. It was a special set of circumstances that maybe created a false sense of, uh, I don't want to say entitlement, but expectation more so. Yeah, and listen, like Detroit's not the only instance of that in baseball history. Cle- if you go back and look at what Cleveland was spending relative to the league, in the 90s when they were dominant, they were routinely in the top 10, top five in payroll. And that is literally never happening again. Um, <laughs> like that, that, that is just a completely foreign. It's like a different sport for the franchise than yeah. it is right now. And like there are a lot of similarities between Cleveland and Detroit that aren't necessary for this podcast. But like that, that that's there. It's not a phenomenon that's unique to them. It's just the specifics of why it happened are unique to them. Yeah. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I liked Cleveland, the city. Cleveland, the city gets a lot of shit. I I enjoy. I've been there twice, and I've enjoyed myself both times that I've been in Cleveland. Right. It was there. It was really that YouTube video, that you that YouTube tourism video about Cleveland created this narrative that it is like just just the absolute dump. And I liked it. I would. I would recommend anybody who's going to Cleveland to go ahead and visit Virginia Havens Park uh, across from Judson Manor. Uh, nice mm. little place to take your family, sit down, read, have a coffee, check it out. Is that like a family business? N- no, no, no. Virginia Havens Park. It's just a park named after my grandmother. <laughs> oh, Let's There's go. no business at all. Like it's, That's the end of the business. Uh, oh. She's she's passed away, in fact, so it's very seriously the end of all that business, but there is a park named after her. So check it out if you're ever in Cleveland. Next time I go to Cleveland, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to FaceTime you all. Please do. That would be awesome. I will do that. <laughs> um, the Jacob deGrom injury, they're calling it a wrist. They're calling it precautionary. It is what it is. I don't have too much to add to that other than no one is shocked. We're all skeptical. 
and we'll see what happens. That's about as much as there needs to be said about the Jacob DeGrom injury. The, does that ever, who hit hurts their wrist while pitching? Did he fall? I don't know. But Jay, hey, you got to get out of here. I don't want to keep you. I mean, I can stick around for a few more minutes if we're close. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we're close. Yeah, we got Jeffrey Springs, Tommy John. Uh, you it, you want to feel bad, but you don't because A, he's he's done and said some problematic things. Also, that's that doesn't mean that you wish injury on anyone, anyone, but you don't necessarily feel bad. And then you also don't necessarily feel bad for the Tampa Bay Rays because it is just an embarrassment of riches as it pertains to their pitching staff. It's like they'll be okay. They'll be just fine. Yeah, I'm just gonna look up what he said. So that's <laughs> when I've never I think he I think it, uh, he was one of the guys that refused to wear like the patch. Oh yeah. So that's what happened. That's why he's hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. God loves the gays. And he <clears throat> he found that out real quick. TJ for him, looking at about a year and a half. Pretty standard. So. Tampa will be fine. I mean, you have fucking, you have Tyler Glasnow coming down the pipe. Yeah, next man up. Oh, it's a dude that blows 99 with a devastating curveball. What's his third pitch? Was he working on a changeup? Am I, am I wrong about that? I mean, he was basically two-pitch pitcher. Uh, he would like kind of sprinkle in a changeup, maybe. But what does baseball savant have listed as Tyler Glasnow's pitches? Like the pitch usage must be like, I mean... Whatever his third pitch is, it's got to be 5% or less. Let's see. It is. Um, they currently had him at, it looks like they have the slider and curve, obviously, is two different pitches. So it's fastball 53, slider 28, curve 18. Okay. That was over a very brief period in 22, obviously. It's not much different than it was in 21. In 21, they also had him throwing a changeup 2.5% of the time. Yeah. That looked like it was tabled in 22. Do I know my guy or do I know my guy? Shit. Shit. Fucking 2.5% usage. We're going to get that usage out. I'm very, like, that is something, that is something that I'm going to keep a very close eye on when Tyler Glasnow returns is the pitch repertoire and the percent usage of these pitches. Because... I mean, goddamn, we are not going to be north of 50% fastball usage. We just can't, can't happen. Can't happen. Um, and then finally, Hunter Green. If Dallas were here, he would probably say something like, Bring it up, chicken cheese. You kidding me, brother? This guy blows hundo biscuits. He's blowing cheddar balls down the He throws 105 miles an hour, brother. You kidding me, dog? Hunter Green, brother, finally rewarded for all the talent he got there, brother. Bread it up. Check the titties. <laughs> Keeping that core again in Cincinnati. <laughs> wish, wish they did that in Oakland. They ain't never going to do that, brother. But Hunter Green, congratulations to the kid. Wish he was a lefty. Throwing... Hundo cheddar biscuits, but he's right-handed. We love Hunter Green. Bring it up. So that pretty much covers it. And he's hurt. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not on the IL yet, I don't think so. No. Maybe he's not hurt, but he had to he's leave. Not. He deleted to sign a contract. Maybe they just took him out to sign a contract, dude. We we just got a call from your agent. He's down. Yeah. Do not change your mind. We can't give him an extra second to change his mind. Yeah, six years, fifty three million dollars. Sounds good. Which to I me. guess is that's just what he probably would have made in arbitration. Yeah, just probably. speeding up the process. You're guaranteeing all that. Good for him. Fine by me. Um, any. Any nugs, Jay? Hey, you got any nugs on Hunter Green or anything? I mean, we all know he blows gas. I do have a nug to to send us out of here. Please do. I mean, not that. Just my final thought. That's what I had ready to go. go Justin ahead. Steele's on the bump today. Yeah. I mean, nobody's paying attention to the Cubs, really, because they're kind of boring and bad. But, I mean, they might have, like, a breakout frontline guy on their hands because... <laughs> It's not just this season where Justin Steele has been excellent. He's got three starts. He's allowed three total runs in those starts. But if you go back to June 29th of last season to the present, so a span of 13 starts, he has a 1.47 ERA. Mm. Let's go with 83 strikeouts and a opponent's OPS below 600 over that stretch. So um, how many innings? 73 and a third. Pretty good. Yeah. So something to keep an what's eye that, out. What's that? What's that K9? That's got to be like high tens. What's that? Strikeouts per nine. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be high tens. Yeah. 84 and 73 and a third. Yeah. Plus you've got him going up against the Oakland A's today. So that ERA is going mm. down. <laughs> you say that, you say that, but the swing and A's every now and then they'll put up a, they'll put up a force. <laughs> Watch out. They'll get you. <clears throat> they can't you call the Cubs boring, dude. The Cubs have a lot of players with something to prove. Patrick Wisdom. I, I mean, Patrick Wisdom is the uh, MLB home run leader. He had, a, he had a two homer game the other night. Had a Cody big Bellinger, double. five hits. Five hits yesterday for and Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger had the, had the RBI knock in the eighth inning to make it one nothing, And then I believe Patrick Wisdom like doubled after that. Patrick Wisdom, Cody Bellinger, two guys to watch this year. Spread it up. Chicken titties. Ian Happ just signed. <laughs> Is he going to prove that he's worth it? Dansby Swanson. People in Atlanta are talking shit. Why? What are they saying? They said, oh, he left us. He's making bad quotes about how the Cubs are so good. <laughs> Dansby Swanson will be like, I love Chicago. It's like, I love the franchise. Everything about here is sick. And Brace fans are like, fuck you. <laughs> how dare you say that you like the Cubs who were better? I- <laughs> I love how the two notable Braves guys to leave were clearly, clearly left because the organization did not want to sign them. Yeah. Well, okay. Freddie? Yes. They gave him like the same money the Dodges did. Yeah. Like after insulting him five times. Yeah. He got in his fields. But Dansby Swanson, uh, you may not have noticed this because he plays for the Cubs and they may or may not be boring. I don't know. But he's hitting 344 to start his Cubs career with a 420 on base percentage. Not a lot of pop. So the uh, OPS 814 still very good. But uh, the slug being 393 is well below uh, what he has done in the like call it the last three years prior. 
Yeah, his slug since the start of 2019 is 444. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But old Dansby. But for now, um, great start to his Cubs career. He loves Chicago. <laughs> Yandy homered loves on the it. first pitch. One nothing raise. For real? One nothing raise. <laughs> They just keep winning, man. Glad I got my $4 bet in on the Rays to start the game. Smart guy. On DraftKings. Are they? They're playing the Reds again? Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, we will be back tomorrow to talk about uh, what happens in baseball today, plus what's coming ahead this weekend. What other stories arise over that span of time? Thanks for listening. Um, Joe, any final thoughts? We gone. <laughs>